When you talk about faith, many think about pastors' candles and flamboyant ministers. Yet we know from scripture that faith is not just a category, but a framework of thinking, a worldview. This podcast seeks to create biblically faithful and culturally engaging conversations where life and faith meet. Worldview Wednesday is a production of Veracity Found. For more information, visit our website, www.veracityfound.org. You are very welcome to Worldview Wednesday. Thank you for joining us. It's been some time, but we are glad that we are back, aren't we? Yes. My name is Geoffrey. I'll be your host for today. I am with uh, two gentlemen that I will ask to introduce themselves, beginning with gentleman in a white shirt. Ah, okay. Um, <laughs> hello, hello, listeners. My name is Dennis Mugume. Glad to be here. My name is Joseph Piamukama, and I'm very, very happy as well to be part of this conversation. You're welcome. My name is Geoffrey Bazira, again, and I'll be your host. Today's episode is uh, quite interesting. Mm. Uh, we'll be beginning a series on uh, something that is close to our hearts, as Verasti found together with uh, ACFA, yeah. Africa Center for Apologetics Research. Research yes. In fact, it was ACFA that mm-hmm. inaugurated a research report on uh, FANERO Ministries. Mm-hmm. International. International, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Which we did uh, for how long? About 30 months or so. Mm-hmm. Wow, 30 months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for the next four episodes, we will be discussing findings of that report. Uh, So you are welcome to join us uh, in this episode, but as well as look out for the next ones that will be coming in. And that's where I will start us off. You guys did the research, and I will ask you to start from, you know, introducing what Fanero is, in short, very shortly, Mm -hmm. uh, before we get into what the report is about. Joseph. Thank you, Geoff. Um, I'm thinking that for many Ugandans, Faneru is not a strange idea or name because it has spread its wings and fame in almost every corner of this country and, and beyond. But Faneru was registered by the Uganda uh, you know, Registration Services Bureau uh, in 2014, September 16th to be more uh, particular, as a company limited by shares. And uh, its leadership really predominantly is uh, Grace Lubega, Zach Mutiaba, Modesta Sweeney, Brian Mwesige, and uh, Emma Muwanguzi, among, among many others. Mm. Um, they do have various ministry platforms, one of them being uh, Manifest Fellowships at various uh, college campuses, especially. They do have their Thursday gatherings here in Kampala. Uh, they do have uh, ministry within prisons. They do have television uh, presence, TBN Africa, Spirit TV, Lighthouse Television, Urban TV. They actually as well have their own television, Manifest TV, mm, um, yeah. as it is. And so they have quite a number of platforms where they do their ministry. And they actually stretch beyond the Ugandan borders, as I might have intimated. Uh, they are in Burundi, they are in Kenya, they mm-hmm. are, I think I saw Scotland as well, they are in Ghana, they are in the US, mm-hmm. uh, and many, many other places, uh, Rwanda, I think, as well. 
And so they have a far reach Malaysia, Singapore wow. as well. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so, so it's, it's, it's a quick spreading, you could say movement whose origins are here, right here in Kampala, Uganda. Is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah. Um, j- just to add that they are attracting or they have an attraction for young people. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. so that means college campuses, universities are the urban, urban, the, the yeah. urban places are the, I think the primary target, yeah. um, people who are educated, mm-hmm. people who are at least to the degree of um, senior three uh, in our all level all education yeah. and um so everything from there upstairs yeah. so all level a level university university yeah. and the they quite attract a number of young people yeah if, if you go to an average funero meeting it's hard to find their 60 year olds 70 year olds yeah. it's normally 35 going down yeah, yeah. The expression of the faith is not ordinary. They they seem to promise something more than just the average church. What should find an average church? Yeah. You know. So the the whole idea, for for example, of the word manifest itself, and like at the university, they go by manifest fellowship. Yeah. And that means that we don't just preach the word of God to you. We also demonstrate the word. We manifest yeah. the word. We make yeah. you what the word talks about. So yeah. they have catchy lines, and yeah. and that's what you'd observe quickly. Mm. about yeah. someone from Fafanero or from Manifest. Yeah, and concerning the origins, you are a pastor at the very place mm. where you could say mm. uh, Fafanero did begin yes. the whole Afrostone fellowship and, you know, with Bishop uh, Isaiah Mbuga, you know, that the, the fellowships that were happening then as they mm. began to grow, as more students invited, each, uh, you know, the others, mm. and then as they began as well to spread to other college campuses, mm. And yes, consequently, later on, move outside uh, or have a fellowship now outside the college campuses. But Macquarie University was their very, very origin or basis, you could say, in a, in a way, uh, together with Christ's Heart, uh, yes. which, which is in uh, International Ministries. International Ministries, yes. Mukono. Mukono, yes. Although they are no longer together. No, the they, are, they are no longer together yeah, at the yeah. moment. I think uh, the, the rifts um, began, or the cracks maybe began to appear around mm-hmm. maybe 2015, around mm-hmm. there, or mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. earlier. But I think it's 2019 when Christ's Heart Ministries released a public letter of disassociation and warned those who would, you know, deal with Fanero to do so at their own risk. But yes, could say the origins of Fanero as well are within Christ's heart ministries in that regard. A lot of this uh, history is contained in the report. Yes, um, yes, yes, it is. And uh, uh, yeah, the report is available it on verastifound.org. Yes, yes, it is. So uh, if you want to uh, read more on, on this history, please uh, download the report. It's free. But um, we will get into it. So one would ask, we will hopefully have the head of Africa Center for Apologetics Research in one of the, the episodes yeah. to, to, to fill in some of that information. But one would really ask why. I mean, there is quite a number of movements, um, mm-hmm. some really mushrooming, some very established here in, in, in Uganda. But mm-hmm. even around us, so one would be inquisitive, ask themselves why of all, all of, of all of these movements, mm-hmm. why single out Fanero, Dennis? 
I have had those concerns as, as well. Those who read the reports, some of them feel like we attacked. We are attacking a man of God uh, who is faithful and preaching the word using the Bible. Mm. We are causing disunity in the body of Christ. So indeed, the question is a valid one. Why yeah. Fanero? Why yeah. Why did we uh, single out Fanero? So I, I think for me, when you see our people in the West have a, a saying, from West Africa have a saying, that when you see people running in one direction, mm. better join them because you as a single man can't stop whatever is chasing them yeah so we want to find out what is chasing those people <laughs> you get what i mean yeah. and it has to do with um the subtleness of how fanero comes for the layman it really is the most biblical movement ever biblical in that is biblically faithful mm. you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. so so the the way he exposits or the way he preaches because he has like a charisma around him he he refers to scripture it looks like everything he's saying is very scriptural, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about the the lead character here, yeah. the, you know, Apostle Grace uh, Lubega himself. The, the way he speaks and the way he talks about the word, mm. for the unsuspecting, it, it feels like this is it. This yeah. is a biblical movement. Mm. So I think what we wanted to ask is that question: mm-hmm. Is this movement biblical? Is this a work of the Spirit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this indeed what will lead to the next revival? of the church in, in Uganda. Mm. Or it isn't. Yeah. You know, because the Bible says the the devil himself masquerades as an angel of light. Yeah. So we just need to be concerned, especially concerning the ethical things that that we found out, the the stories and testimony of those involved. Mm. Yeah. And then number two, if parents are wondering the change in their their students' attitudes and character, mm-hmm. that also is something to look into, among other reasons. But just to be sure that this is this a work of the spirit? Is this movement biblical? Yeah, and and especially on the point of the ethics, when you see people's lives, you could say ruined mm-hmm. uh, by either what they believe mm-hmm. or what is being taught, and especially if you're part of the body of Christ, if you are the church, and your duty is to shepherd God's people, your duty is to proclaim Christ, right? Um, you have to be concerned, and especially if, they, if there are concerns being raised, as you mentioned, by from various places, from, right. from parents, mm-hmm. from clergy, people who have attended, from people who have left. And and even you just just listening. So it's it's the mm-hmm. eth- there's the ethical aspect how lives have been lived as a result of what people believe. Mm-hmm. But then there is also what actually is being taught, mm-hmm. right? And so when Jude, you know, writes in uh, in Jude chapter, well, it's one chapter, verse three to four, and speaking about how he writes to them, exhorting them to contend for the faith that was what was once for all mm-hmm. handed down to the saints. And the question is, how are we faithful as recipients of the gospel that was handed down to us? Right. Now, if someone comes um, or if a movement comes and begins to claim to be the custodians mm-hmm. of, of that truth, the exclusive custodians in that regard, then you need to begin to question. You need to begin to wonder, well, what is it that they claim to teach? And when they say this is actually a new revelation, mm-hmm. uh, this is new revelation that we have, and you would have to be part of us to, mm-hmm. to receive it. If you are a Christian, if you are a 
church leader, if you are a believer, then you would need to begin weighing the claims mm-hmm. that are being made uh, on the backdrop of, of, of scripture and on the backdrop of what the church has always taught. Mm-hmm. And so you can, we, we don't have the place of indifference right. at all, uh, indifference towards what is being taught. But of course, I need to write as well mentioned, and, and some would point this out, that there are some of the things that, for example, Fanaru will teach that are not necessarily exclusively unique to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it could be that part of what the report uh, exposes like, or reveals in, in some measure, to some extent, to some degree, present in, in the mainstream churches. And hopefully then yeah. the report as well might begin to help those other organizations, ministries, churches, to think about what they teach, to think about what they believe, to think about what they hold to be the Christian truth. Yeah. And so it's not like the repercussions or the effects of this report need be restricted to Faneru. But there is a sense in which uh, what we explore is so much concentrated within the movement mm-hmm. uh, that it deserves uh, looking at, it deserves an evaluation from a biblical, historical, theological mm. standpoint. Mm. Just to add a footnote to that, because some have really asked us, are you guys doctrine police? Like, who do you think you are? Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Which is like so far from the biblical ethics, really. Um, when you look at the Bible, every prophet of God, you know, people question their authority. And when mm. they question their authority, they refer to something to validate their authority. You know, the same with Jesus, you know, the same with the apostles, the same with Paul. And Paul has a whole chapter where he's defending his apostleship, you see, from those who question. So I think we have made a culture where people are are free or are above questioning or they are above, like, a scrutiny. Mm -hmm. Yet truth, if it's true, will stand up to any degree of, like, scrutiny and questions. So, and then secondly, we are doing this out of hatred for Fanero and saying, we are we are envious of their success and you know what we are doing here is asking questions Mm. you know if you have nothing that you're hiding you could as well just put it out there Mm. and let the truth speak for you for itself Mm. you see so ultimately our role here as as vf and aqua is not necessarily to create a sense of hatred and animosity within the body of christ We are saying truth is loving. Mm-hmm. We are saying truth is God honoring. We are saying truth is open to any degree of scrutiny and questioning. And if it's really true, then it will stand true no matter how much we, you know, scrutinize it. Yeah. But again, simply because we disagree, mm. these days it's almost like to disagree with something is to hate the person. Yeah. No, no, no. Here in the Bible, it's possible for us to disagree and still hold each other. In love, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, Bible says that you know the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came, you know, through 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 Christ. Christ. Yeah. So yeah. it's grace and truth. We want we want to hold up the truth and grace as we examine these issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I guess someone could also ask: Is mm-hmm. it a case of having a judgmental spirit? Yes, mm-hmm. and especially because there is a lot of good. Mm-hmm. It could be a lot of good. There is a lot of good that the movement is doing, mm-hmm. uh, that Grace Lubega is doing. Right. And probably there is a lot of truth that he is teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a case of you wanting to pick, a um, fight? pick out mm-hmm. yeah. what is wrong yeah. and completely ignore everything that is everything well. that is right, yeah. the, the rest that is good? Why would you? Why would you do that? Even I, I suspect. It definitely has to come back to uh, the question of what is taught generally, is it 
biblical? Is it historic Christianity? Because it's one thing to err and go astray in, you could say, secondary, minor, or issues of, of, of secondary importance. And there, really, you would, you would yeah, you could take someone out, you know, aside and, and, and have those conversations, but you would still hold them as brothers. Mm. But there are areas or fundamental beliefs and teachings and doctrines for which, as the Apostle John would say, if someone does not hold them, do not even welcome them in your house, mm. right? And I think as a generation, and especially as, as Ugandan Christians, we we don't like confrontation, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we are the most hospitable, as we are told, we are the most hospitable country. We, we don't want to confront deception uh, head on. We, mm-hmm. we want to be at peace in that regard. And, and the love for peace is indeed something good to have. But when the gospel is at stake, when the Christian message itself is at stake, um, mm-hmm. then these conversations need to be had. Now, of course, it's hard to say that any movement is entirely without any single good. Mm. So when Paul says even Satan's messengers camouflage as angels of light, mm-hmm. as in they can do some good things, right. you you have to realize that. But the idea then is that the good things that are being done become the medium of propagating the poison. Right. And uh, so you, you think about the biblical narrative, you think about the prophets, um, They when they were confronting false teachers, when they were confronting false prophets, when you see the New Testament uh, confrontations, you do not see the Apostle Jude or, 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 or you know, um, uh, Peter saying, well, these guys are off on this effect, but they've done a lot of good here. Yes, let's just You see, let us just, yeah, go with them. They don't do that precisely because they know that through the good that they are trying to do, the idea is to draw in more and the damage that is done to the many mm-hmm. uh, through the teachings, uh, through their doctrines has long-lasting and negative effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that remains to be crucial. But again, as, as, as Dennis mentioned, uh, part of what will be important as, as people read the report or as people listen to these conversations is, is to be able to discuss ideas, mm-hmm. uh, discuss doctrines and teachings and be able to passionately disagree with them, but mm. know that actually that does not translate into hatred for the person who who holds them. Uh, mm. To the contrary, you could actually you know, passionately disagree with someone and love them yeah. enough to pray for them and to pray that God may may redeem them, may mm-hmm. uh, even use them uh, after he has drawn them to himself. Mm. Even the idea of judgmentalism um, speaks of a verdict that has been passed mm. and says you can never be better. Mm. Yeah. Yet what we are saying, look here, let us have the conversation. Let's mm. begin by having the conversation. The report is open to feedback. Mm. You know, we are here Mm-hmm. And there's there's an email that you could write to. You could contact any of us, mm. and let's have the conversation. Mm. And let's you know sharpen each other. If if we are wrong, we are we are open to being wrong as well. Yeah. Uh, we, we're not saying we 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 are perfect, 
But yeah. we are saying, look here, there is something that is of concern here and it needs to be discussed. Mm. Rather than, you know, Bible says, let, let us examine ourselves. I think this is Paul who says that. Yeah. Let us examine ourselves yeah. whether we are in the faith. We are in the faith. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So examining ourselves does not tantamount to being judgmental. Judgmental is when you pass the verdict and you can, and, and, and you say something like that, that, that there can never be any better. Mm-hmm. But if they can't be better, why should you have the conversation in the first place? So okay. let us have the conversation first. Yeah. Let's bring to light these issues and then let us challenge each other on the scriptures and church history yeah. and understand where, where we are coming from and where everybody's coming from. So yeah. maybe, at some point, we might need to bring in someone here from, from Fafanero to, to, to understand how they've understood the report yeah, you yeah, get. But yeah. the point is, let's begin the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and of course, the report would as well highlight the fact that um, during the, re- the, research, the research, there were yes. attempts to, to contact. To contact. To, yeah, there were contacts. Uh, yes. there, there was a reaching out, uh, the desire to have uh, their perspective. Mm-hmm as well uh, presented. And those attempts were futile. Yeah. We still have the automated email that, yes. uh, that promised to be responded to. Um, we, we did drop the physical letter at their offices as well. Right. It was never responded to. Uh, the WhatsApp con- were conversations or messages to one of their leaders concerning them having the opportunity to respond to this. So, so if it were just an issue of judgmentalism, an issue of... Uh, of a moral high ground, mm-hmm. those efforts would not have been made. Right. I think one of the important things, even when we disagree with someone, is the, the, the need to understand what they hold. Mm. So that you actually are disagreeing with what they believe, and not, not what, what, you you, what you think they, they believe. believe yeah. And, and that, that's maybe also sort of um, something people tend to say, especially, uh, you know, sympathizers with Faneru, they tend to say, well, you you disagree with them because you do not know because you haven't been there or something oh. of that sort. You know, it's which is very far, far from, from the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Some of us have actually been, uh, attended those right. meetings uh, right. physically. Uh, some of us have, you know, uh, conversations and are friends with some of the leaders. Mm-hmm. And that's on top of the many, many devotionals that are very, very public One and name. many, many yes. um, YouTube uh, teachings and sermons and, and all that. But the idea that, yes, uh, we wanted to do a report that really analyzes what it is that Faneru teaches, not what we think it teaches, teaches or what we would rather think it teaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that that's, I think, quite crucial. Right. Yeah, we don't have a lot of time and this is a conversation that can go on. But I, I wanted us to shift a bit to, uh, in the report you mentioned, that whoever is reading the report should read the report with the historical lenses mm-hmm. on uh, mm-hmm. church history lenses on. And the question is, what does that mean and why? Why should I read it with yeah. my historical lenses on? Yeah. Dennis? Well, King Solomon is right in uh, that great book of Ecclesiastes that there's nothing yeah. new under the sun. Mm. So it's important that we think about where we are coming from. Yeah. Lest what we are calling deep truth and revelation has been an error rejected mm-hmm. by the early church. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? So, yeah. so that is that is quite important. That yeah. n- Number one, that the devil has no new lies. Mm. Maybe he has nuanced lies, but no new lies. Mm. In the sense that 
what we are hearing today could be that we are just vulnerable as far as church history is concerned. We just don't know enough about where we came from as a body of believers mm-hmm. to understand that what we are preaching today as deep revelation and truth mm-hmm. was actually an error from, mm-hmm. the, from the early church that, that, was, that was rejected. Mm-hmm. But because there has been no audience and no interest in reading church history, mm. we we seem to hear these things as, wow, this is the truth that yeah. is coming out and this is a, a deeper way of understanding the word mm. yeah. so there is that my also number two is that we are called to community mm. yeah we read the word as a community yeah you know post to the ephesians to, to, to the corinthians it's mm. it's a community mm. yeah so we read even the bible with other saints who have gone before us lest we yeah. think that between us and paul there is nobody there yeah. This yeah. thing has been buried yeah. in, in religion and, and all these traditions until yeah. this man of God came and just unveiled it to us. No, yeah. like yeah. God is the God of history from everlasting to everlasting thou yeah. art God. Yeah. He has worked through saints before us, yeah. uh, Christians before us, who've been Christians before us. And those Christians have faced the same issues we are facing today. Yeah. Yeah. And what we need to do is understand where we stand on yeah. the on the redemptive history spectrum, where are we? Yeah. And what are we calling truth yeah. that was undone by the early church forefathers? Yeah. And if we do that, then we are at a better place uh, of discernment yeah. than trying to reinvent the wheel and invent uh, the, the the laws of motion a, a, again and then feel deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and, and that's yeah. and that's the idea. So we have Especially if you are of a Pentecostal leaning, mm. we we have we are averse to the idea of tradition. Yeah, yeah. But um, the gospel is a tradition, and this is what I mean. When Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says, "I give you, I hand over to you that which I also received." received. Mm. Right. Uh, that word I give to you is is trad- it's, it's where tradition comes the mm-hmm. tradition comes from. Mm-hmm. Paul is saying, guys, I received this. Yeah, I am giving it to you. It's the same idea that well, I, I had mentioned earlier in Jude. You know, the faith that was once for all handed over to the saints, and so what we have now, mm-hmm. and I hope we have it. Mm-hmm. If it is the Christian story, if it is the gospel it's something handed down to us not something that we come up with our ingenuity mm. in our rooms in Brilliant. our prayer travelling you Should could say yeah we receive what the apostles handed down and it's handed down through history right uh, so it becomes quite crucial therefore for us to examine ourselves for us to examine what we believe and mm. ask mm. is this what was handed down through history. Mm-hmm. Is this the deposit of faith mm-hmm. that the apostles gave? Mm-hmm. And so the acting like between Pentecost and uh, your, your confession of faith, there was nothing that was happening yes. is a prideful act in itself, mm-hmm. but also it betrays the understanding that we are one body. We are not just one body in terms of those who are living now. Right. We are one body with all the saints, right from the Old Testament, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, and all that. We are one body. And, and when Paul speaks about what that means in Ephesians, I think mm. Ephesians 4 or 5, Ephesians 4. he says, uh, one spirit, one Lord, one God, one baptism, one faith. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's not, this is my revelation, you have yours. Yes. Uh, such kind of statements do not exist in Christianity because this is not your thing. Right. Uh, this is not your message. This is not your, your revelation. Christianity is God's story mm. that works through history and is handed down to us. And our duty and our task is to see, okay, do we have what the apostles, what the early church fathers uh, had and taught? And then how can we faithfully pass it on to the next generation? Mm. That becomes the question. And, and that's not to say that we are removing the Holy Spirit from this. Yeah. <laughs> Be- because some, when you talk like this, they think, ah, you have removed the Holy Spirit. Yet, no, the Spirit of God was working yeah. in the early believers. In fact, the very Bible that you're carrying is an English Bible, meaning they were scholars yeah. who are inspired by the Spirit to also translate it from the original la- languages to what you have in the English. Yeah. So let us not dismiss or distance scholarship from the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because yeah. by doing that, we are presenting another Holy Spirit that is not the Holy Spirit, mm. if, if you get what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you pause it, um, and I will say you. <laughs> in the report that uh, key to understanding what Fanero is, lies in understanding an old movement yeah. called Gnosticism. Right? Yeah. What's Gnosticism? And I know this, is, this would be huge. Yes. It would, would probably take um, another hour or so. But could you could you try and summarize for us mm-hmm. what Gnosticism is, such that as we hold these conversations, those connections maybe will be made, will try and be made. So yeah, um, so yeah, it's it will be a long a longer conversation. But I wanted to read just a quote from a book by Justo Gonzalez, uh, one great church history church historian and a church history book about Gnosticism. Uh, page 70, he says, Of all the differing interpretations of Christianity, none seemed as dangerous nor as close to victory as was Gnosticism. This was not a well-defined organization in competition with the church. Rather, it was a vast and amorphous movement that existed both within and outside of Christianity. Within Judaism, partly as a response to the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, some embraced Gnostic ideas, thus giving birth to to a Gnostic Judaism that contradicted much of traditional Jewish teachings, particularly regarding the divine creation and the goodness of the created world. Likewise, when when Gnosticism incorporated the name of Christ and other items from Judeo-Christian tradition into its diverse systems, it did so in such terms that other Christians felt that some crucial elements of their faith were being denied. Mm. And so Gnosticism was very, very, you could say to quite widespread, but at the very core of it rejected the important, crucial, fundamental Christian tenets. First, sorry. Second, third, fourth. Yeah, centuries. yeah, yeah, around there. Yeah. And so Gnosticism, of course, comes from Gnosis, as you know, uh, the Greek word Gnosis, which mm. which would be knowledge. And the idea for them with the, with this movement is that they had secret knowledge, mm-hmm. or what you might call deep revelation, right. that no none else who is not part of their movement has. Mm-hmm. And but their their conception as well was originally they are part of 
the one as they would call him as they would call god and they are emanations they are sparks you could say that come from the divine one mm-hmm. so they are originally part and partial of the same nature of the same substance of the same essence with the perfect one with the one with god and then as sparks as they were sparks began falling away from the one they began to be entrapped in sort of like ignorance mm-hmm. which is the source as well of the material world we have so they had a very low view of the body they had a very low view of creation what what is more important is the spirit as mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. not the body as mm-hmm. such and so those sort of disdains um but at the core of 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 it or is that they are gods mm-hmm. they are christs mm-hmm. as in the, not not that they belong to christ but they are actual christ because mm-hmm. they are of the same nature of the same substance and all that so those are some of of what they heard mm-hmm. but of course we'll be hopefully exploring more of those uh with time and and that knowledge is not something that you can come up with in the in the library yeah no no no, no. it is it is deep heart knowledge mm-hmm. yeah that you know what you know Yeah yeah and therefore it affects everything else down the line it affects how we see Christ it affects how we perceive salvation mm. affects how we even perceive the human condition yes in terms of sinfulness in terms of uh, you know so for the for, for a good example here it's the bible would tell us that the biggest issue here is sin therefore god sent us a savior to save yeah. us from our sin yeah but for the gnostic our biggest issue is ignorance yeah mm. we are sinful because of our ignorance yeah. yeah we are weak because of our ignorance if you only knew who that you deep are knowledge who you are yeah. then you'd never be sick you'd never be poor you'd never be broke yeah all these things so it affects everything down the line yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, that's interesting because you keep hearing statements like mm. that and for the average person who is not conversant with the history of the yeah. church mm-hmm. you will not be able to make those connections because those statements by themselves they sound spiritual mm-hmm. yeah. and they sound good yeah. until you make the connection uh, that there is there is where they are coming from mm-hmm. there is a history to them mm-hmm. and maybe as we finish um, i'm wondering whether you think mm-hmm. this is this could be conjecture but looking at the research that you did do you think would you think that there is a consciousness to you know the connection with gnosticism do you think fanero is conscious um or the fanero leaders or the fanero or uh, apostle grace lubega is is conscious of gnosticism or the the things that they believe um are maybe things that have come to them without the, them knowing what narcissism is I, yeah, I, that, I, yeah, I don't know that's, whether that that's, makes sense yeah um it's a hard question yeah, um, it it's definitely definitely hard question uh, partly because problems you could say of of you know our generation again is that we do not know the origin of the ideas we hold mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we tend not to know and secondly we tend to hold a cocktail of ideas right uh, by that i mean we believe things that have many origins mm. and many traditions but we actually do not know what those origins are so it could be as well because of course gnostic ideas have been floating around uh, especially if you've uh, been fed on the likes of ew kenyon uh, mm. uh, kenneth hagin the likes of kenneth copland and all that you and christian science as well mm. you you realize that actually yeah uh, gnosticism has been 
quite around. So it's hard to judge whether, you know, say Grace Lubega or uh, or Modesta or, you know, Faneru leaders know the genesis of their ideas. Mm. That said, um, Grace Lubega himself would confess to be a student of church history. So in his sermon, Why Submission, which was, you know, um, which is on YouTube, and you would find the link in uh, in the report, he notes how he spent much time studying church history in quotes after God separated him for ministry at campus. Mm-hmm. A statement like that makes one wonder there are far whether Luega consciously brings back Gnosticism knowingly in that mm. sense. Mm. But, but again, as I mentioned, it's it's hard to know the extent to which that is true. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, ju- just to just to add shots. that um, whether or not someone knows what they are teaching maybe it's hard to judge because mm. what we have is the YouTube materials and the digital resources that we, we use to make the research and the conversation. Mm. But I think whether or not somebody's open to correction is a different question yeah. which is to me the more urgent one yeah. um is someone open to correction mm-hmm. to the possibility that everything i've stood for like one of the preachers from the us uh, last week but one who talked about how mm-hmm. though he had taught tithing is yeah. is wrong mm-hmm. i'm wondering and i'm praying for that and i'm praying that maybe somewhere mm-hmm. someone there, there will be a, re- a a recantation of some of these things yeah because, not just some, but all of these things, because they are actually dangerous, and they, as uh, Arthur Sproul would say, ideas have consequences. Yeah, they have real consequences, and they need to be dealt with. Yeah, yeah. We will spend time uh, exploring, as the report does, on uh, you know Fanero's understanding of Christ. Uh, which will be our next episode mm-hmm. uh, for their under- for their understanding of who man is and what salvation is mm-hmm. and the prosperity gospel and hopefully we will have time to um, another episode to you know explore the way forward mm-hmm. uh, what next and things of the sort but we are out of time it was a really good conversation uh, mm-hmm. thank you Joseph uh, for yeah. being part of this thank, thank you Dennis you. Um, and thank you friends for listening in Uh, This has been Veracity Found, bringing you Worldview Wednesday. Till we meet again, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Worldview Wednesday is a production of Veracity Found. For more information, visit our website, www.veracityfound.com.